0: Going on, everybody. Welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. I am your host, Joe Zakreski, joined by Red River founder, Eddie Cayazzo. Hi Ed, how are you? Today? Hey
1: Joe. Hey, how's it going? Uh it's going great. You know why? Why? This episode is my
0: favorite. Oh, I was gonna save in that number. <laughs> Oh, you beat me to it. I was I was like I didn't even want to say hello to you. I just wanted to immediately <laughs> say it's Eddie's favorite number. Yes. So you tell tell the people what that is.
1: Oh, my favorite number of all time is number 27.
0: And that's because of Ron Heckstall, correct? Mhm. The orange and the black. Mm-hmm. When I
1: was a kid, very weird, I was obsessed with hockey goalies.
0: Nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah. I used to draw them when we were in Miss Foster's class Mm -hmm. in the first grade. I used to, like, for some reason, I would draw hockey goalies.
0: Yes, you did. (laughs) Yes,
1: you did. And Ron Hextall was ours. Yes. And he's my favorite of all time. And I wore his number for my entire sporting career all the way up until we played a Bar League softball.
0: Because we didn't have a number that went that high. Correct. That is why. Yes. Otherwise, it would have been 27. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a number having it as number 27. It's like, I wish that that Rob Zombie Broad Street Bullies movie was made and it was horror themed. I don't know if it was ever supposed to be horror themed because there's a lot of speculation around it um, just because zombie. But then I don't think it was, but I can't remember. I'm gonna look but, it up just because you brought it up. Yeah, take take a look into that because it would have been would have been sweet to have been able to sync that up. Even though like Hexthall wasn't on the Bullies, but he was definitely the next generation of bully. Oh yeah, you know he came eh, a few years after Clarky retired, and um, I mean he just hacked. <laughs> you don't you didn't get near his crease. No. I mean, he even would leave the net and crush people. And was first goal to uh, score a goal mm-hmm. in a in a playoff game. Yes, I think that's what it comes down to: is first goal to score in a playoff game. I think specifically.
1: so, too. Um, But then, but then he would literally go after people. He would like if he got pissed off enough. Yeah. He would throw his stuff down, chase after them, and then beat the crap out of them.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one of my favorite regular uh, YouTube watches, and I highly recommend it if you just want to see a big hit, and that is Ron Hextall hit on Chris Chilios.
1: Oh <laughs> What a
0: good person to hit. Yeah. it's a Dude, it's a gem. It's a gem of a hit. So...
1: I'll, I'll of course, mm-hmm. you know, the podcast of all podcasts, the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Rob Zombie talked about the Broad Street Bullies film. Right. So... He talked about a movie he really wanted to make called Broad Street Bullies, essentially the true story of the Philadelphia Flyers from the 1970s, Rogan asked Zombie if there had been any films that he wanted to do that he hadn't done yet. Zombie responded that there were two and immediately talked about the failed Flyers movie. Quote, it was about the 1974 Philadelphia Flyers. The true story is so insane that you can't believe it's real. They were a fledgling team. Nobody cared. So they basically built the team of tough guys. They won the Stanley Cup twice based on being so
0: terrorizing other teams were scared to play them. I mean, it basically be a gore movie, not even yeah. horror. It would just be, it'd be as gory as Saw or Hostel. I mean, and, and that's that's what I would think. I wouldn't think it would be a horror movie. I think he would embellish the blood a little bit. Yes. Yeah.
1: Like like maybe a piece of the the glass going in someone's face or something
0: like that. Oh, for sure. I mean, they just they beat the crap. I mean, they're. I I, I don't even think Shiro was like a. Much of a coach even by then, <laughs> right? Because I remember this old VHS I had about it, and it's just like, oh yeah, it was get out there and just shoot the puck, you know, whatever you gotta do, hit somebody, and then get down to the net and shoot the puck. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and I mean, there's they even tell stories about it. it's like, oh yeah, like they would have like these just prac like practice was a joke, and then they drink at this one bar. Well, after every practice, after like they just <laughs> boozed it up and. <laughs> it up and beat the crap out of people which you know hey I mean that's that's why made us love them and, and that's
1: why Philadelphia is so significant of course you know the nation's founding cradle of Liberty mm-hmm. Philadelphia but we beat the Soviet team before the Miracle on ice
0: team here in Philadelphia by sheer force <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> like uh what I mean I think they they did the uh it was the ESPN did a 30 for 30. Oh, on that game how Wow. I think. I'm pretty yeah yeah. There's a documentary on it and just how you know Ed Snyder, the founder and owner of the Flyers. Yep. Um, so after the first period, so they just left the ice and they're like, "We're not doing this if this is how the game's gonna go." Because they just start hitting them and hitting them and hitting them and just mm-hmm. cheap shots and hooks and and slashes. And Snyder goes down to the Russian locker room. So Russian, Soviet, whatever, goes down to the locker room and says, "You get out there or you're not getting paid."
1: Um, Right
0: That's right (laughs) (laughs) So they agreed to And probably just like You know Got their asses kicked But it was a It was a proud day For America (laughs) Yeah Especially for Philadelphia So you know
1: so he so just to wrap that up with Rob Zombie and the Broad Street Bullies film, if you watched any of Zombie's previous movies, it's not hard to see why something like this would appeal to the filmmaker. Pretty much everything he does is heavy on violence. Unfortunately, he says he kept trying to make a go of it, but could never get it off the ground. Zombie adds it went as far as him going to Philadelphia and getting access to the team's video archives, but it wouldn't move. I don't know if the team or the team owner's... I don't know if the team and the team owners want to glorify that time.
0: Uh, Not anymore. I mean, (laughs) the the culture's changed. I think they still embrace it, but the culture's definitely changed.
1: Yeah, well, Um, because all the kids from the suburbs will buy jerseys and stuff. Like, all Broad Street bullies and like the
0: old shirts. Yeah, you you still got that. But also like just the nature of the game since the post-strike era. Like, second-strike era, whatever you want to call it. I call it the trapezoid era. Since (laughs) then, the whole bully thing has really been taken aback. Fighting's way down. You know, it's more of a speed game. You know, and we learned that the hard way by watching the Flyers pick up old, slow, tough guys. Yeah, we did. Like, I was happy to see Darian Hatcher on the Flyers, but he was like, the hell? Like, he was worthless by that. You know,
1: you know what, though? There is a mm-hmm. great film about that that I saw. It was on Netflix. Mm hmm. It was called Enforcers Guardians of the Ice. Mm-hmm. Really, really good if you are into the Enforcers of I, the game.
0: I love it. I mean, that's why I mean, I love the movie Goon. If you have. Oh, you that know. is such a good movie. Yeah. That's wonderful. Like, not hard, <laughs> but on the level of gore that. <laughs> He's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the end. The last fight. And One has, of the most absurd things I've ever watched.
1: And that's his rivals, Liv Schreiber, right? Or yeah. Liv Schreiber, however you say his name. Yeah. <laughs> That's great,
0: yeah, it's freaking wonderful. <laughs> oh, and then last thing about hockey goalies and soccer goalies—I mean, that was like one of the the early days. I mean, how how old must we have been uh, when we were at Jardel? I'm pretty positive it was Jardel because I remember sitting up on the stage in indoor soccer game.
1: That would have been Jardel,
0: and um, I think it was. Was it? Wasn't Mr. B Beatish. I think Harry's dad was coaching. That's going way that, back, yes. It was our very first year where we were in the white shirts. Yep. And they were ugly. I would switch goalie with Drew. I think he would do the first, I would do the second or vice versa. Okay. And I I mean, obviously I think they're putting me in there cuz I was I did not run very fast. But indoor, you didn't really need. I was going to say, indoor was a different game, especially Philly Rec League. Oh my gosh! Right. I think I picked up my game once I started playing defense. You know, I mean, my only thing was I'm left footed, so right. That was my only advantage, and I had a big body, and my dad taught me how to use it. Absolutely. Oh, being left
1: footed <laughs> at that age too, and exactly. being able to boot the ball the way you did. No, that was that was yeah. very needed for
0: yeah. a. And then I started playing team. football, and they wouldn't even let me try to kick field goals. Really? Yeah, a bunch of assholes. Fuck those people! Well, well, I'm th- trying not to curse on this, but fuck those people! They made me hate that game so much, and and that, and that's very unfortunate. Yeah.
1: I, I know it wasn't the Roxborough Eagles. No, it's too big no. for Eagles. Eagles is right. all pounders. There's all so. kids. Yeah, I know it wasn't them, but just geographically for people, football where we in Northwest Philadelphia, yeah. is very. I don't even know how to put it. It's it's not that organized. Or it wasn't back then. No, no. <laughs> and it literally was by. I mean, it was all politics. It was. Uh, well, yeah, because
0: <laughs> it was. It was all the. For us, it was all the Catholic schools. So it was CYO. Mm-hmm. We it was IHM. It was IHM. Was on our jerseys. So. Oh wow. Because <laughs> they were they were that old. Yeah. Everything was old, mm. and then I mean I can tell you our very first game was you want know, to talk about a horror movie the very first game we had I think. 18 kids on the team, 5th uh, and 6th graders and you know you need 11. Yeah. On the field. Yeah. So a lot of people are going two way. And we finished the game, our very first game we were at I think it was might have uh, somewhere up in either, in Mon- somewhere deeper in Monco. I don't think it was visitation. I think it was further out. Either way, somewhere where they had a ton of kids. Players for both sides. Tons! (laughs) Like, they outnumbered us. I mean, I I swear to God, when I look back on it, they were like giants. Right. And we finished the game with only 11 healthy players left. Mm -hmm. Because I remember it got to the point where it's like, we just, I was on there the entire time. Uh, We ended up on a third string quarterback who wasn't a quarterback. He was just like, hey, someone's got to get, everybody got hurt. Wow. (laughs) And not just like, ow! It's just like, no, like, hurt, hurt, carried off the field <laughs> in a cast the next day. <laughs> it, it was awful. And that was my very first football game. Right. Oh, first game ever. Very first game ever. Ah. Like, we were getting out there, and you're all hype after practicing all summer. And Man. I just remember, like, all of us standing on the sideline, and the other other JV team comes out. It's like, they have guys that are got a foot on me right and just there's just tons of them
1: so naturally n- naturally just to to oh, encapsulate this <laughs> yeah it, that's why soccer was such a big deal uh the philly rec league especially we, oh, were, yeah. we were on ihm no affiliation with the school um nope. but 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 i think that's why we we both took i mean your your dad was instrumental in kind of bringing me into the game yeah i mean
0: he's one of the founders of it yeah um and they're celebrating their 50 years shout out jeff
1: jeff yeah and and a (laughs) listener
0: of the podcast yeah jeff yeah and um (laughs) but what i was getting back to is like with the hockey goalie things and ed's favorite number (laughs) i didn't want to go into goal in the second half i remember sitting there like joe getting goal i'm like i really i just remember i'm just like please no (laughs) and you came up with this elaborate story of being a hockey goalie. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I couldn't afford to and play they, hockey when I was a
0: kid. No, but I mean that's what we did as kids, you know, you're just saying you're shit. You're just saying stuff because yeah. I mean we all did it. Yeah. And I yeah. Half the time, I don't even know if I'm telling the truth when I speak now. <laughs> but no, I, I think I do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, you know, when you're a kid, you just you, you just say things. Sure. You know, because you're excited and someone's actually listening to you. Mm-hmm. So that's, you got put in. Right, and he did great, and then you know, he played soccer goalie for a long, long time, made a career about it, uh, out of it until I got hurt. Yeah, I had some similar
1: story. Well, I'm sure everybody out there has a similar story, but yes, that's where it all started. You was... didn't want to go in, <laughs> I did not want <laughs> to I go in, I don't remember, but apparently, I was this great hockey goalie, and they was like, All right, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, d- I just remember that being like, I'll do it. And I, you know, love of <laughs> hockey, and it's like, All right, go in there, Eddie. And then you're the starting goalie from the rest of my playing time with you, yeah, so. That was cool. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so we got that out of the way. Yes,
1: <laughs> uh, but that—that's where the the historic Twenty-seven. I've worn in every iteration of sport I've played. It was always to number twenty-seven, and that was because of Ron Hextall. Mm-hmm. Rob Zombie never got to make the film. Damn it, and Which, he wouldn't have been in it. But uh, yeah, Hextall. But
0: no, but I mean that's a shame. And anyway, episode number seven. That's our celebration for it. Twenty-seven. But I, I, you know what? You, did you hear me? I burped, yes, Bid through that kind of messed up my, number. yeah, it's like it's short. <laughs> whoops, uh, my bad. But either way, so when I'm talking about that, so um, gore, like if there was a hot Flyers hockey movie and it would be very gory, When we talk about goon, it's very gory, mm-hmm. and it's something that comes up a lot on this podcast where it's like, you know, what, what is scary that
1: is a good question
0: you know like how often we t- like because we've done interviews with people in the industry we've talked movies that we like we've said oh that one scared me but some others maybe they don't scare us and we just like it like what what is scary i like that's what i'm trying to like i was thinking about that today that's why i was like you know what let's you know we got um a story coming in a little bit, but before that I was just like, I just wanted to ask you just, you know, if you were just asked the question, what is scary? What what would you know This may sound stupid,
1: but it's when you genuinely feel fear. Yeah. And I can actually relate to this. Because I would like to actually do a whole episode on this movie. Mm-hmm. You would not believe a very scary dream that I had from a ca- with a character in it okay. that wasn't from a horror movie. Do you remember No Country for Old
0: Men? I actually just watched it again. Did you really? (laughs) Yeah. That's that's crazy. Oh, because all I really wanted to do... I was just browsing YouTube, and I got to the coin flip scene. Oh, Just because I love it so much. I'm like, I'm just going to watch this movie. Oh. It's so good. (laughs) But go on.
1: I haven't been scared since... You and I did watch that in the basement, and that was in a period... Where I was really trying to understand why certain films got the respect they did with the Academy, with critics, what makes so the Coen Brothers were huge. I think they released like three movies in a row in that decade. yeah, they had some
0: big big releases around that, um, but No Country being you know that was an Oscar winner, right?
1: I, I believe so. Yeah. If it was if Javier. Bardem didn't get the Oscar for...
0: No, I think it won Best Picture. Okay. I think. Keep Go go on. So
1: I was trying to understand at that time what in cinema people were looking for that, that made these movies so huge, so respected, and gave them so much cred. Because at that age also, that was 2007. So what, 21? Would have been 21?
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Twenty one, twenty two. 22.
1: St- still young enough to not really... Un- if you're not telling me a linear story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, it was harder for me to get so cerebral and into the zone and try and figure out a story that was not told in a linear fashion, or with characters that yeah. weren't just explained to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, after seeing that movie, you and I watched it, that was my very early days in radio. This was at a time when I was producing a show that would be down the Jersey shore in the summer. So I would get to the radio station at like three 30 in the morning and it's pitch dark outside and I'm going through the entire station by myself. It's an old building. Mm-hmm. That was a film after we watched it and I had the show that upcoming Saturday. All I could imagine was Jagger in our en- engineering room, Anton Jagur, just staring at me and knowing That my life was over like it prevented me from I ran up the steps and down the steps like I moved through that station to get that equipment so fast. Yeah, I was scared of him. Huh? And I know, I think, I'm, I'm already in my 20s. It's an actor. He's playing a role. Yeah. I didn't understand why the film was just, I said, okay, I, I like the film. It's a good film. Why is it the film this year?
0: Yeah. I mean, it won, Bardem won Best uh, Supporting Actor. Okay. And it won Best Picture, and it won Best uh, Screenplay, and won, it won a ton of awards. Right. So I was
1: trying to understand it, get in that headspace, because I, I I didn't know. Mm-hmm. jiger scared me, and... uh that that he was a very very scary character. That for some reason, dude, popped up last week in a dream. No, I, I, these weeks are so long now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Monday of this week, I woke up in with sweats, like in sweat, in a sweating. The scene never played out and finished in my head, but I was in a a. Old West type place. That was the landscape that was around. Okay. And I, I have no idea who I was with, but we were all crouched down, like hiding, almost stealth style. And then we were going to get up and run out of this building. Huh. Well, I stayed. Yeah. And the uh, because I knew that Anton Chigurh was out there. I knew he was out there. So I stayed, and whoever I was with, I don't. It, may have not even been people I know. Yeah. They stood up and ran and charged out and I, and then I woke up terrified. Good God. It was the strangest thing. I haven't thought of that movie since we watched it for yeah. the very first time. And I remember being afraid a lot then just because of how many times I was alone in a very dark place with a big expanse of radio tower field mm-hmm. in the background and not being able to see shadows everywhere no lighting. Yeah. So that scared me and for the first time in I guess 13 years it popped up again, so Anton Jaeger. So now
0: I have to watch No Country for Old Men wow. again. Wow. I, you know, I mean, and that's such a great example because that movie, I mean, it gets your adrenaline pumping. Like it definitely it definitely get, it definitely hooks you in. And I definitely after we watched and stuff, definitely like um Friday or Saturday nights, closing the beer distributor. Oh. That's where, I, like, that would hit me. Mm-hmm. Because he just, like, he <laughs> doesn't really have a motive for killing people for the most part. No. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's scary.
1: So, so, to give people a layout of the beer distributor that we worked in.
0: You could just walk right in, pop me, and leave. Right. And I, I could never
1: see you coming. Or from the front window. Because he takes shots through windows. Or he's in the damn fridge standing there. You shut the lights off and you see this silhouette of a man. (laughs) You're done. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So that was not a horror film. That character lingered with me. And I was in my 20s. like Very, very early 20s. But still, when you're
0: alone, your head plays... Oh, yeah. I mean, that was... I, I I could tell you uh, how many times, so like, we lived, what, a quarter, half mile from each other? Yep. And that walk, if I did straight Scotia to Old Line and not go down Wissahickon, um, you know how it's, there's like, it's a tree-lined street. Sure. And when I'd be leaving your house, you know, I, it would be later, and so it'd be like, dead silent I just watched usually some kind of horror movie <laughs> you know walking by you know gutters that are similar to it mm-hmm. and if it was foggy I mean I, I wasn't taking my time getting home I was I was rushing or I think there's even times where because um, you know some of the houses had like bushes yes And um, so I, I would just walk right in the middle of the street yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do remember you talking about fog specifically.
0: That would happen a lot. Mm. So, I mean, around here, you get if you're, you get uh, foggy. I mean, it's foggy around here pretty much every morning. Yes. You know, especially. I mean, the one area is called White Marsh, and that's why it's called White Marsh because <laughs> of the, the low daily fog. Okay. And if you catch that on Flower Town Road, you can actually see it where it looks like. Some of those farm fields look it looks like a marsh, but hmm. it's all white and nothing. I never knew that. Yeah. Maybe Interesting. I've that, something. But yeah, so yeah, those the foggy walks were always the worst. Especially the one time it happened like so perfectly because we just watched The Exorcist, which like when Marin's oh. standing out there. Which oh is boy. Not, which is weird because the movie itself doesn't scare me. And why was I scared after the fact? Like So it's like, what is scary? It's like, I don't find The Exorcist to be scary, but it made me feel scared afterwards. I know that feeling. Yeah. And I wish that
1: I could have that feeling again from horror films. Right. That's what paranormal activity did to me. When I saw it, I'm like, okay, yeah, there it is. All right, I saw it. We did it. Then that night, I went to bed by myself in a house by myself. Oh no! Actually, there was uh, someone was living with me. Uh, It was Wally. Wally Mm -hmm. was, and it was just he and I. And he was in one room across the hall, and I was in one room. We always, always shut our doors. Always, we saw paranormal activity. Both of us left our doors open (laughs) that night. (laughs) And and being this age, I haven't had that experience after a film. Yeah, in a very long time.
0: Yeah. I, like another one, obviously, the, why I like it so much is the strangers. Oh, and yeah. I didn't get it right after the film, but it definitely s- stood out in other scenarios. Like mostly, like going up to the ma- to the mountains. Yes, <laughs> like that's when you you'd you really feel it. So
1: yeah, because you and I were only a few years into, um. Going up there by ourselves,
0: yeah. I and mean, I think Stranger is probably what two thousand eight. I think
1: eight or nine. Eight yeah, or nine, yeah, probably nine. And that was terrifying. And I think you and I forced ourselves to watch it again. Up there, up there. Was
0: that after? Was that before or after the person punched through the window and we saw the bloody window? Ooh. When we got up there.
1: I believe it was before.
0: I think it was before too.
1: Only because. I was in my new house where I live now currently. Yeah. When that happened. Right. Okay. But that that was another scary. What What yeah. makes you scared? What, what is scary? Yeah. Getting to the mountains, and there might be a significance here. Hold the number three if you can, because I'm going to forget it after I tell this. Okay. <laughs> when you get to a place that's that dark... And not all of the, there are a ton of houses now in that neighborhood. It's, it's like.
0: I mean, they built it up and they built it up fast.
1: Yes. Before, th- there were some, but it was still very dark.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you were, for all intents and purposes, in the mountains. You get there between three, four in the morning, and you discover glass broken and blood on the cloth of the other side of that glass now to just to paint the picture for everybody it was nine boxes this glass so the front door itself was you know a regular door and where the glass would be that you look out it's like nine squares you know divided by those lines well the middle bottom square was punched out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and there was blood on on the door there was blood on the cloth on the other
0: side Didn't notice it until I had the flashlight on the lock so you could see it. Right. To put the key in. That was scary because you and
1: I were by ourselves. We didn't have a firearm. We didn't have anything really. If, Not if someone
0: <laughs> was in there, yeah,
1: that would have been it for us. Yeah. If they really wanted to.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing that made it less scary was when the, the cops showed up and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, these drunks get kicked out of... <laughs> Wherever they're staying, and they just try and break in somewhere to squat. Yeah, so
1: still not. Yeah, it's like oh, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. it was like, huh, that's uh, that's something we gotta consider. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and come to yeah. think of it, why didn't we have the cop walk through the house? We did. We did. Yeah. Okay.
0: We didn't just sit there because we you may have to turn on the breakers and everything.
1: Right. Yeah, why w- we would have had to have. Yeah,
0: because and the door was still locked. It was. So it's it, like that, it, you, yes, you, you're you right. knew nobody got, actually was able to get in.
1: Although they could have come around the back door.
0: Right, but that wasn't broken. Like we we checked.
1: Okay, I I can't I remember, remember.
0: I remember looking around.
1: It was scary though. Yeah,
0: because that part was very intense.
1: We scared one of our good friends at that house on my yeah. bachelor trip,
0: and the alarm would have went off too. Yeah, if they actually got in the door, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised it didn't go off. I'm trying break to break it th- from punching through.
1: But anyway, we forced ourselves to watch the strangers up the mountains yeah. while while it wasn't as developed as it is now. Yeah, and it was very very scary, just as scary as you can imagine. <laughs> if you remember how scary that film was? Then to actually be in a somewhat remote location. Yeah hmm that that messed with that messed with my head a bit
0: yeah yeah for sure and you know what's funny another one that gets my blood boiling and it, like you know it gets the blood pumping yes you know, it gave me uh which the ending kind of relieved that tension that i was feeling throughout the movie but was uh vice did a list of scary this what you know what is the scariest movie of all time and they chose one of my favorites that I always recommend. Some people like it, some some people just don't, and that is Sinister. Oh. Did you know how much I loved that movie? <laughs> Still do. It was a great one. You know, and you know, can you find find a box of home movies of huh. Huh.
1: death? <laughs> yeah. It was a little weird. And some elaborate death, some
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tra- that's it's traumatizing stuff to watch.
1: Mhm. So, do you remember which scene Dr. Halloween said was worth the price of admission?
0: Mm, was
1: it the lawnmower? I think so. Yeah. He's right if yeah. that's what it was.
0: Pr- I think so.
1: That was a that was a jump scare that was well worth it. 100%.
0: Yeah. I got to saying 100%. Everyone's saying 100% nowadays. Really? I think so. Did I, Am I
1: saying 100%? No, I am. Okay.
0: I am because the comedian Burt Kreischer says it nonstop, and he's on like a bazillion podcasts. Oh,
1: of course. So. Like, of course, he's on a, <laughs> there's, there's so many podcasts he does. There. So. I so I know one thing I have to, and I'll, I'll say this to the Red River Horror listeners out there, I got to stop saying absolutely and yes. <laughs> I say both of those way too much.
0: Yeah, well, maybe we'll have to do a counter sometime and give someone a prize. Ooh! Do like over unders on cliches that we use. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to shake those habits, you know. I think for like public speaking, I got really good public speaking. I'll never do like an um or a any of the, um or you knows or like things that I would I do in normal speak.
1: Did that get so. like beat out of you in college for presentations?
0: Yeah, that yeah. and um, when I tried doing, like, open mics and stuff. Um, oh. then I just said, um. So, it's like, <laughs> you know, you want to be clear and yeah, you know, not... It was very funny, shopping.
1: Joe, but you got to not say, um. Yeah. Oh. Knock um. it off with the ums. Didn't yeah. realize I was doing
0: that. Right. And, you know, improv classes, things like that. You know, you can't can't be umming and umin. So, any hoots any so that's that's one thing I, that's the big thing I wanted to ask what is scary obviously I would love to hear what other people find scary because you know like my my kid finds spiders terrifying
1: smart kid
0: <laughs> my, my buddy across from me also finds... yeah you hey, you're not as you're not where you were years ago with the spiders right I'm not no and like you wouldn't hesitate you'd still Get rid of it, you didn't like run away, yeah. Your, your bigger fear was uh, when you were sleeping, yes, which, which is fair, you're very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And when
1: the spider's big enough,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's that's scary. When it, if you can tell the details in the spider, if it's hairy, if it like once you see the fine details, like okay, you need to go. I'm sorry, I
0: see one of them wolf, wolf spiders. Around oh, yeah, I saw these ones. I mean, they're size of like a small, like they're size of a a rat in uh, Australia. I've only and, heard. And they're, like, they're like, well, they're harmless. It's just like that is huge. Yeah. So I can find a picture of that and share it.
1: Well, I wanted to. Yes. Did you have anything else?
0: No, that's what I wanted to to cover to get us going. And then now I'm looking forward to uh, the story you've got here. Or what this is? This is a true. Well,
1: I'll get there first. Ooh. I wanted to wrap. Uh, one of the contributing factors to why you may have been so afraid
0: mm.
1: walking home yes, at the time that you did, in the hour that you did, while well, it was dark and foggy, one of the reasons that I think that I saw Anton Jagur and whoever, at why I would run through the station to load the van and get the hell out of there, why this happened to me on Monday, where I woke up, hello, where I woke up <laughs> terrified. And, and very scared at this age because of a fictional character. 3 a.m. could be that magic number.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So, yes, on the Pacific coast, it would be 12 midnight, but 3 a.m., the witching hour. Yeah. If there were times, I don't expect you to remember every instance because it happened so frequently, But if there were times you can remember, would it have been in the three o'clock hour that you would have been walking back to your house?
0: Depending on the age, probably a good amount of times.
1: I know for a fact when I was doing the shows at the Jersey Shore, Mm -hmm. I was at the station at 3.30 in the morning. Huh. Waking up at 3 a.m. I produce a morning show now. I wake up between 3 and 3.30 a.m. So it's that specific yeah. hour. So I wanted to do a quick did data write-up on mm-hmm. 3 a.m., the witching hour. Ever suddenly wake up at 3 a.m. with no known reason, but you get a strange feeling? Could there be something creeping around your room that you can't see? 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock a.m. is called the devil's hour or the witching hour. The phrase witching hour was first recorded in 1793, however this seems to be from the period 1535 where the Catholic Church forbade activities taking place during 3-4 to 4 a.m. The basis of this time also goes back to religious texts when Jesus was crucified at 3 p.m. The reverse of that would be 3 a.m., making this time for demonic activity. The number three is also a mockery of the Holy Trinity. This association with witches is thought to go back when it was shameful if a woman was seen out between the hours of midnight to 4 a.m. Huh. Interesting, right?
0: Huh.
1: According to folklore, this time of night is when witches, demons, and ghosts are thought to appear and be at their most powerful. The New Zealand Oxford Dictionary identifies midnight as the time when witches are supposedly active. This time of night is thought to be when the veil between life and death is the thinnest allowing the spirits to travel between worlds. Some believe the witching hour to be between 12 and 1 a.m., stating more supernatural activity happens during that time. Is all this just our minds playing tricks on us, or does this all have to do with our sleep cycles? (laughs) Science has stated that during the hours of 2 and 4 a.m., we see a peak in our REM sleep. REM, was that random eye movement? Yeah, 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 rapid. Oh, oh, rapid eye movement, random access <laughs> <Yeah>. memories or something. <laughs> and a peak of melatonin in the body. Is, is this just a thought of when we wake up in the middle of the night, we are seeing strange things happen, but it's just our minds and bodies having more melatonin causing us to see things hmm. at this time of night? Or does this all go back to the 1700s and, and there really is something to this hour? Some of this is based on folklore. There is no real evidence of any truth to this. This time of night, causing more paranormal activity. Hmm. So that that's where it ends, and then it's an advertisement under that. Take a look behind the scenes of the upcoming 2020 horror, 2021 horror movie, The Conjuring 3. <laughs> 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 but that's from iHorror, explaining a bit about The Witching Hour, yeah, 3 a.m. Interesting. M.
0: interesting. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the band, 6 a.m. i'll stop
1: (laughs) no no i don't think so and that was written by angela ancarina interesting a-n-c-a-r-a-n-a i want to give you credit i'm
0: sorry yeah i I mean that makes sense though it's like you know you're if the those if melatonin is high and you're a little delusional and yeah
1: but to Keep you
0: know, it. that's why you see like something like a, a coat rack or something like that and just be like, ugh.
1: Yes. Yeah. And what, uh, to keep it creepy, if that's the inverse of when Jesus was crucified, that's scary. The occult type things, they, they believe in
0: yeah, moments
1: mean, like that to do the opposite or the reverse of Christ.
0: You add in some Jesus, I mean... That always that always scares people real good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen a good occult film in a while. I think what's it? Mm. The uh, the Ty West film. Mm. Mm. It's it's in an 80s style. Jocelyn Donahue, the devil. Oh, we saw it in oh nine or ten.
0: Mm. What was was the director's name?
1: Ty West. I think it's T I. West.
0: Um, let's see here. Um, the House of the Devil.
1: House of the Devil. That's. I think that's the last time I saw a film having to do with the occult.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, come to think of it, I can't really think of one other than, oh, I mean, well, The Conjuring. Kinda. Like the nun- Or, I guess, demons
1: don't count. Yeah, I'm thinking, when's. This would be something to investigate because I would. I'd be interested to hear if anyone knows of a really good, scary film Mm -hmm. having to do with people that dress up in black robes and. Yeah. Chant things and. Yeah. Sacrifice people and.
0: Yeah. Because I haven't been scared. Something else that does that. That's always fun.
1: Yeah. So that. When it's done right, that yeah. sect of horror always scared me when it's done right. I think The House of the Devil is the last film I saw that had anything to do with that kind of thing. But thinking of 3 a.m. in that anti-Christ uh, method, I think that does
0: add a nice little... That is, a, that is a nice touch. Scary cap to that. It's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. i was trying to think what others... Than, uh, the one like the Kevin Smith one Red State it was
1: uh, Red State was good it was it was very Kevin Smith I thought yeah Um. I I also thought kind of the the religious thing was being overdone mm-hmm. at that time it, it was a fine film I mean it was the,
0: the, the who's the main actor the guy that's in Tusk I can't remember that guy's name but he just does a great job yeah he's a scary guy yeah He's, he's very intense. hmm He does a great job at it. Um, yeah, interesting. We'll have to do some digging. Yeah. Find something. Someone recommends something to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So what is scary? I would say the 3 o'clock, 3 a.m., the witching hour, that might have something to do with your long walk home. hmm and my uh, Anton Jager feel fear from thirteen yeah. years ago to now. <laughs>
0: yeah, those one it's just so interesting to just have that that random hit of being scared to death. Yeah. Out of nowhere. It's bizarre. I mean it happens to everybody too. Sure. I mean someone says it doesn't. I thought I I will call you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anywho, anyway. Um what uh what's the uh The story you got here. So before I left this evening,
1: I just, I was in a period, again, I produce a morning show, so I'm up very early. This was one of the rare times.
0: I don't even know how you make it here half the time.
1: I don't don't know. (laughs) This was one of the rare times I was able to take a nap. Mm. So my dog woke me up you know pumpkin we introduced her early on when she was barking in our podcast
0: yeah she's made appearances sure
1: <laughs> i guess one of them watch mojo
0: yeah that's a, that's a channel
1: yeah the, the one of those videos was playing mm-hmm. and whatever i had fallen asleep to i think it was the best twists in horror films what i had woken up to was the scariest episodes of unsolved mysteries ooh so I figured I would just share one, because this is the one I woke up woke up to, and I was groggy and feeling weird, and I was I was engaged. I dig it. So this, after this ad from Cobra Kai gets out of the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cobra so, Kai now on Netflix.:
1: So this was the Circleville writer wanted for harassment, attempted murder. Murder. Missing since 1994. Wow. The case. In 1976, several Circleville, Ohio residents began receiving strange letters detailing personal information about their lives. Bus driver Mary Gillespie was accused of a supposedly non-existent affair with the superintendent of schools. The writer told Mary that he, she, he slash she, had been observing her house and knew she had children. It was postmarked Columbus, Ohio, but had no return address. Within eight days, Mary received a similar letter. She kept the letters to herself until her husband, Ron, received one as well. The letter stated that if Ron did not stop his wife's affair, his life would be in danger. After two weeks, the writer threatened to go public with the affair allegations, broadcasting it on TVs, CB radios, wow, and billboards. Mary and Ron only told three people about the letters. Ron's sister, her husband, Paul Freshour, and Paul's sister. Mary had some ideas about who might be sending the letters. They decided to have Paul write letters to the suspect, claiming that they know who he slash she was. The plan seemed to work. The letters stopped for several several weeks. That changed on August 19, 1977, however, when Ron received a phone call from the alleged writer. The call seemed to confirm Ron's suspicions of the identity of the writer. He then grabbed his gun and then left in his pickup truck, even though the writer claimed to be watching the truck. A few minutes later, Ron was found dead in his pickup truck, crashed into a tree. Investigators later learned that Ron had fired at least one shot from his gun before crashing. Sheriff Dwight Radcliffe questioned and eliminated at least one suspect in the case. He then ruled Ron's death an accident, claiming that he had lost control and crashed while driving drunk. However, several residents soon received letters stating that Sheriff Radcliffe had been involved in a cover-up. According to Paul, Sheriff Radcliffe initially agreed that the death was a result of foul play. However, he allegedly changed his mind when the suspect passed a polygraph test. Ron's blood alcohol level was 0.16, which was twice the legal limit. However, many of Ron's friends and family were surprised by this. They did not think that he was a heavy drinker. Mary and the superintendent later acknowledged a relationship, although they claimed that it did not start until after the letters were sent. In February of 1983, Mary was harassed along her bus route. The letter writer apparently began placing threatening signs next to the road. One day, Mary had enough and decided to go and rip the sign down. When she did, she discovered a booby trap designed to kill her. The trap had a box which contained a small pistol. If Mary had pulled the sign off a certain way, the gun would have fired. Whoa. (laughs) Right? An amateurish attempt was made to rub off the serial number on the gun. When the lab tests were able to raise the number, it was determined that the gun had belonged to Paul Freshour, who had recently separated from Ron's sister. Paul, however, claimed that the gun had been stolen. On February 25, 1983, Sheriff Radcliffe asked Paul to meet with him and take a handwriting test. He asked Paul to try and copy the handwriting from the letters. Sheriff Radcliffe also had him write the letters while repeating them verbally. After the test, Paul took Sheriff Radcliffe to his garage and showed him where he kept his gun. Afterwards, the two returned to the courthouse, where Paul was arrested and charged with attempted murder. On October 24th, 1983, he went on trial for the attempted murder of Mary Gillespie. Although he was never charged with writing the threatening letters, they became a crucial part of the evidence against him. A handwriting expert testified that Paul was the letter writer. However, Mary also testified that she believed that he was the writer after his wife visited her with the same suspicion. Paul's boss also testified that he was not at work on the day that the booby trap was found. Paul had an alibi for most of the day. However, he, was, he never took the stand in his defense, proclaiming his innocence. He was convicted and was given a seven to 24-year 24 24 sentence. Seven to 24 years. While there, he himself received letters from the writer, determined to keep him there. Others still received the letters, postmarked from Columbus, even though he was in prison in Lima.
0: Whoa.
1: Right? Even though he was in solitary confinement, letters kept arriving. In December 1990, Paul became eligible for parole. He was denied parole due to the letters, even though there was no way that he could be sending them. In May 1994, Paul was finally paroled. He continues to maintain his innocence. However, the author of the letters has never been revealed. Journalist Martin Yant has investigated the story and found another possible suspect that could be the writer. He also discovered that 20 minutes before Mary found the booby trap, another bus driver on Mary's route had seen a suspicious man standing next to a yellow El Camino. The man was at the same spot where the trap would later be found. Yant found that the possible suspect's brother owned the same type of car. The description does not match Paul and he had a solid alibi at this specific time. While Unsolved Mysteries was filming this story, they received a postcard, apparently from the letter writer. It read, Ooh. Forget Circleville, Ohio. Do nothing to hurt Sheriff Radcliffe. If you come to Ohio, you El Sicos will pay. The Circleville writer. Dude. <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude. So I woke up to that. Woo. I was like, Wow. Woo-hoo. So it just says, extra notes, the original air, di- air date for this episode is November 11th, 1994. Sheriff Dwight Radcliffe and Mary Gillespie declined to be interviewed for the story, although not mentioned in the segment, Paul allegedly admitted to Sheriff Radcliffe that he had written between 40 and 50 of the Circleville letters.
0: That's scary. Yeah. That's, that is, oof. So, letters are scary.
1: So that's, uh, it brought me the creeping out Kayazo episode where you had the three stories. Yeah. And the one was the watcher that really got to me.
0: Yeah, Watcher watchers awesome. And I wake <laughs> up
1: I wake up and this I'm like, oh what is this? The letters here? The yeah, right? <laughs> so I had to share.
0: Yeah. And thank you for that. We, <laughs> we let's dig up some more of those. That's <sighs> fascinating. <laughs> right? That stuff's fascinating. Wow. And definitely scary. Like I don't know how I would I don't know how I would handle that. Not well
1: receiving I, a letter? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you something where I was just this is you want I I can tell you something dumb where would it, like it made me concerned. It wasn't even me. Mm-hmm. So, it was a friend of ours who kept complaining he kept getting these like calls. And what I was hearing him say, I'm just it's just like it came up on the caller ID it would say with hell I'm just like, what?
1: Withheld or with hell?
0: I'm hearing with hell. Okay. So for month or two, I'm asking, did you get me one of those calls? And he's like, yeah. Like all the time. I'm just like, with hell. He's just like, withheld. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> For like a month or two, I was with getting, hell. I was like, "With I'm like, "How?" Like, I think that's how it was. I was like, "I was like, I was like, do you are you are you messing with me? Do you just have that saved in your phone?" As with hell, and he's like, "I'm saying withheld, Joe."
1: <laughs> with the D,
0: with the D, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Do Red River
1: Horror a favor. Don't send us any letters. An email. No. An email is fine. A comment on a YouTube video is fine. A podcast review is fine. Yeah. No. Le- no physical letters.
0: Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Though honestly, I mean, I th- I'm, I've picked up a bad habit where I just don't even. I rarely even check my ma- like ma- physical mail anymore. Right. <laughs> like I'm. Mah. Once or twice a week's enough.
1: <laughs> changing the times.
0: Well, before when you know living actually I mean that's not true but it used to be like my old house I mean it was the apartment I lived at before and the old house I lived at before like the mailboxes were right next to the door so right not missing it and then the apartment it was on the other side of the complex right you know no it's yeah. at the end of the driveway I don't know <laughs> why do that yeah what do you think this is <laughs>
1: Well, Joe, this was a lot of fun. Episode 27, I, I enjoyed.
0: Isn't it? Like, I was like, we we need a freestyle in here, just the two of us for
1: 27.
0: Mm-hmm. A favorite number.
1: Favorite number of freestyle.
0: Yeah, dude. But that was creepy. So, I mean, those are the things that scare you. I and mean, that story is definitely, I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm going to find that uh, unsolved episode. I do want to watch that. You, you know what? That's a show I actually, I Couldn't stand it when I was a kid. I would just get so bored.
1: Well, it was, I guess it was the true crime thing before the true crime thing existed, right? Absolutely. Yeah absolutely
0: a hundred percent
1: a hundred percent no i'm the one who says absolutely all yeah the time. i know I was
0: like <laughs> <laughs> like i tried to change it and went with absolutely
1: <laughs> <laughs> whenever we have the stars on the program it's just everything they said so i just ordered a pizza and i had ham and pineapple on it absolutely i hate ham and pineapple on pizza
0: you might need to have a talk with your goddaughter oh no actually just the pineapple okay But i think she's just trying to start
1: Yeah. Start trouble. Mm -hmm. She She might be. Um, You know, it might be a phase.
0: (laughs) Dude, it changes every day, whatever, whatever it is she does. I don't know. But, yeah. Well, Joe, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is fun. Let's, uh, Let's do it again next week. Let's do it
1: again next week. Uh, I'm Eddie Cayazzo, and of course, subscribe to this podcast. Do us a big favor if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we're on TuneIn. I think Radio.com, mm-hmm. all those places. Every platform we should be on. Yes. So give us a follow, a like on Apple specifically. Give us a review. Yes, if please. You can. Subscribe to the Red River Horror YouTube channel. Joe and I are going to be feeding that. A lot more this year. Yeah. I just put a video up from a few years ago of my dad and I driving Clinton Road. During, yes, did. during the day. I don't know it's probably not wise to go at night, but I think we might try it.
0: Yeah, I think we should give that a shot. yes uh, you know it's you know the the cold of winter. And mm-hmm. We'll see uh, what else we can what else we can come up with.
1: yeah, if you have any ideas? email us yeah send, send them our way redriverhorror at gmail.com and joe i'll sign off with that you can find me at red river, river horror on twitter join us for tony todd tuesday women in horror wednesday i'm eddie caiazzo
0: and i'm joe zekreski and find me at red river joe on the twitter feel free to send us any suggestions if you want to add to our hashtag games we are more than happy to have it uh, and then you know, you know what you do is that uh, you keep traveling those channels of fear